welcome to the Valiant Central Podcast. This is the first time I'm not alone in a while. Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome. It's nice to have my co-host back. I thought I'd have to replace you guys with uh, actual Valiant people. Yeah, no, it's good to be back, man. But I gotta say, Robert, you gotta start out as an intern, man. <laughs> That's how we do. Yeah. You can't just be jumping to co-host status. What is that? <laughs> Robert's taking over. I didn't even know he was going to be on until like, well, apparently Greg texted me at like uh, noon. And he's like, uh, Alejandro's coming to the office, so Robert's going to join too. I didn't get the message to like 3.30, so I'm driving home. And I was like, oh, snap. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. I mean, he can have a standing invite anytime he wants to jump on a, a VCP episode. Hell, if they want to record an episode and give us a week off, I'm down for that, too. Hmm. Do Just we still saying. get paid? Do we get paid? Soon? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a 13 cents. It's 23 cents, Mark. Oh, Martin, come on now. That's right. Well, you know, the economy is not that good now. I don't know. It's out, in Ohio, it's good. I don't know about you is know, it? where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> it's decent. <laughs> it's worth 23 cents. All right, all right. I'll 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 I'll, I'll give you your back pay then, because I've only made Thank your you. checks out for 13 cents. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, Travis Dewan, welcome once again. I don't think we've recorded together in like maybe three weeks, four weeks. It's been a minute. It's been many yeah, moons. more than that, I think. Yeah, has it? Did we? Uh, you and me did the the dice art interview like around Thanksgiving, so that was like. Two- oh wow, you're right. That's almost a month ago. Yeah, I think the last episode before that was when the last Doctor Tomorrow episode came out, like in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and not quite. Uh, this is coming out on uh, Christmas Day, so uh, Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas. You get a new Noel. episode. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Happy Festivus. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about because we haven't talked in forever. Where do you guys want to start? What'd you get for mm, Christmas? You want to start? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> None of us do. <laughs> We're time traveling right now, Duan. Mm-hmm. Don't break the fourth wall. I will not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do We do have a lot to talk about. So Greg was kind enough to send us uh, Dr. Tamora mm-hmm. number one. We've all read it. I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, we were also fortunate enough to get issue two, very early copy of issue two. Uh, so we probably shouldn't talk about that, but we can say yeah. uh, it was fun. Uh, I, I've wanted to talk about Killers for Forever, so I want to talk about that. And then uh, anything else you guys want to bring up? The Visitor just came out as well. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys want to kick off? Visitors was interesting. I saw your comment. I was, yeah. I, I was surprised by the fact that you liked it as much as it seemed like you liked it. I did. It, I want to see where it's going. I do. I want to see where it's going. I think it's a nice setup. I think uh, I want, so. Uh, I, 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 you guys know I don't read reviews, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm also kind of a, a visitor hardcore for some reason. Uh, I think there's like two other people out there that like the visitor. Uh, so obviously, that I've been, Bernard I, Chang art, dude. Is that what it is? I think so. You know, I got <laughs> I got uh, Bernard Chang. I saw him at NC Comic Con. I think this was two or three years ago. 
And uh, I was working out with my kids, and I saw Bernard at the table, and I was like, oh, man, I've got to get a visitor sketch from him. So I go up, and we're talking, whatever. He was doing Batman Beyond at the time. So uh, we were talking about that, and uh, I was like, are you too busy? Like, can you do a sketch for me, a sketch cover? And he's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, what do you want? I said, well, you know, back in the day you worked on The Visitor. I would love a visitor sketch. He's like – Man, that's been like 25 years. I don't even remember what it looks like. <laughs> um, but he's like, yeah, that's no problem, whatever. So I can't remember what I did. it. I think it was like on an exo blank. I might have had an extra one. I can't remember. Uh, it was on some kind of blank cover. Oh, no, it was on a Book of Death blank. Okay, that's that's actually a good choice because they mentioned the visitor in Book of Death. Yeah, that might have been it. I think it was on a Book of Death blank. Um so I ended up picking it up that, that afternoon. He had it ready for me. And uh, apparently he had to go online and, like, look up his own work because he couldn't remember what it looked like. Uh, it was <laughs> awesome, though. I loved it. Uh, and it was super cheap. He only charged me, like, 40 bucks for it. Uh, so I, I was really happy with that. All right, Dewan. So you so got to yes. do it again, though. Well, now yeah. Like, so now I got to get a, I gotta get a new one. If do a sketch cover for the visitor, do it again for reals. I got to get a new one. We got to see if MJ Kim's going to be a C2E2. Ooh, because that'd be kind of awesome. Hell yeah! But uh, anyway, so yeah, let, let's let's kick off on the visitor then. Uh, I read some reviews on this again because I wanted to, even though I normally don't, and uh, I saw a lot of mildly negative reviews. Um, and I wasn't upset about any of them. I understood kind of what they were trying to say, and and the main thing was that it seems like there's a lot of characters thrown in the first issue. And we don't really know any of these characters because they're all brand new. And so for a lot of folks reviewing this book, it seemed to detract from the story a little bit. Uh, I did not have that problem. It seems, Duan, you also didn't have that problem. Uh, Travis, I'm curious how you felt, since you already do, you know, a- another Valiant review podcast. Yeah. I mean, I-, I guess you haven't listened to the VCR yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, um you know, I, I think, um, you know, I liked it as a first issue. I thought it was well-written. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like this um, vibe. You know, it's, it's a, you know, not quite what we're getting in other books. You yeah. know, like, um, you know, I take your point maybe about there being a lot of new characters. Um, and, you know, I feel like some people maybe... I, I'm just speculating might kind of be asking like, what does this have to do with anything? You know, mm-hmm. like what's the connection to the universe? Um, but you know, if, if you listen to VCR podcast, we think that, uh, basically the project that they're doing is, uh, what will become new Japan. I like it. So didn't, like, didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not really sure how it connects because obviously there's quite a time jump between now and when that's known to happen. But I think that that's going to be the connection to the universe. And, like, that's kind of a spicy meatball, in my opinion. I love me a spicy meatball. Yeah, that's a crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, but it's nice, right? And it fits in with uh, our continuity, I would say. Yeah, we also were speculating about whether the visitor is like someone in disguise or whether it's uh, somebody entirely new. Yes. Too soon to tell. Yeah, and when I talked to Paul, whenever that was, what, like two months ago now, 
Um, I was trying to get a little bit out of that, and he was very cagey about it. Um, I think it would be pretty easy to do like in the original where it was a pre-existing character, right? Um, and I don't think we've saw enough of the visitor in this first issue to make a determination on who it might be, right? Because, I mean, I would assume we're not going to get a reveal on who it is till issue four, right? right? So for me, it looked like just reading it raw, I didn't pick up on New Japan, but it looked like a character that came from maybe that last EXO series or that last EXO run. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean, yeah. You know, kind of way it was drawn. So I'm like, okay, well. So I, I I never picked up on New Japan, so that's very interesting. So I'm I'm going off the whole EXO run. So maybe maybe I'm like way 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 off. Yes, I'm very much off. No, I don't I don't know if you're off or not. Uh, you know, one of the early previews that they showed for EXO a few months back, uh, I think he was in New York City. So I mean, that could be cool if that's a tie-in. Um, I don't know that it would be or not, and I don't know if you guys saw the the batch of covers that just came out for EXO uh, that look freaking amazing, um, and the new logo is awesome. But uh, it looks like a, a very high-impact, high-action series, uh, and I, I couldn't tell too much of what was going on in the cover, and uh, I don't think solicits have been released yet for uh, for March. Um, they might have released the one for EXO, I, I can't remember, but... Uh, a connection would be cool. You know, one of the things I talked to Robert about was kind of how we've gotten a lot of B-listers, quote-unquote. And and that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about Killers. Because I think sometimes as Valiant fans, we get like, hey, where's my EXO? Where's my Harbinger? Where's my this, that, and the other? Uh, but there's so many characters to play around with, you know? It feels like sometimes you, you need to take a chance on bringing something new and different uh, and see how it hits with people. Right, and and I think that's what Valiant's doing, right? Like we're getting a lot of, they're introducing a lot of characters that we're not used to, and they're bringing them along with the more traditional characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll probably tie that in with Doctor Tomorrow, but that's kind of what the feeling I'm getting yeah. reading the new books. Yeah, I mean, I I like building up the the new characters. I like introducing new characters. You know, that's always been exciting. Um, I think that maybe to the extent that you know, people kind of gripe about who are these characters? Where's Axel Manowar? Like, I think that they kind of view it as a zero sum game, you know? And if the visitor is getting a book, that means Exo doesn't have the bandwidth to have a book, you know? Like, so I, I just think it's, it's a natural piece of only putting out six books a month. But if yeah. you kick it up to eight books, you could do, Four core characters or or titles and four new titles right. and you know like you you then satisfy both things you're trying to do. Yes. Well, the thing is, if you want to kick up the publishing to eight books, you've got to find books that really resonate with a larger audience, right? You have to bring in new readers because if you continue having the same folks read the books, like you're going to continue getting six books. Right, because the company only has so much bandwidth to put out new titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go back to your point a little bit, um, but you know, people want this, but you got to play with new toys. Um, you know, you got to always remember that Valiant's not like DC, right? Uh, a company like AfterShock or Vault or whatever, like 
they put out really great titles, but none of those are connected, right? It's not a shared universe. And I think that's part of the issue that Valiant has to deal with is that all these books are ultimately connected in some way. And, you know, a company like Marvel and DC that are owned by very large corporate entities uh, definitely have uh, the manpower and, and the money to put out 50, 70, 100 books a month. And so you can try new things while keeping your core, right? Like DC is never going to stop publishing Batman or Superman or Justice League, right? Marvel's never going to stop doing like Avengers um, or like, I don't know, I, I guess now X-Men coming back. Um, there's always going to be those core characters that are going to be around regardless, uh, whether the book is good or not. But then they also have the bandwidth to do 50 titles that, you know, like 5% of people will buy. A company like Valiant doesn't have that. And with if, if Valiant didn't have a shared universe, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah. Right? So do you think Valiant's taking a risk now by like trying to expand out, which we've been screaming for for a long time, where in the past they were kind of more conservative, even though they brought out new characters like Divinity and the like, and now they're trying to expand out some more. But you know, in the past they kind of kept to their core group of characters, their tent poles, and, and now they're like, I'm really excited to see some of these new characters. Like, I didn't think Valiant would take those risks. I mean, you kind of have to, right? Look at the, um, uh, what was it? Catalyst Prime, that shared universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that kicked off great. And I don't know if you guys read those books, but I thought they were fantastic. But it's tough doing a shared universe, right? right. So people just kind of lost interest. And then they were having some shakeups within the company. So uh, that kind of went away. And now it's kind of coming back, but I don't hear anybody talking about the Catalyst Prime stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, um, I think, uh, you know, shared universe is great. And, um, you know, the, one of the natural outgrowths is that, you know, if you're doing a shared universe, basically the, the positive is you've got this framework. You're not always having to start out from ground level on your story. You know, the universe established, you just got to plug it in. Uh, you know, the downside is that if it doesn't connect in a meaningful way, then people who bought it looking for that will, you know, will be disappointed, you know? So like, I, I feel like the example would be, uh, Britannia, right? Mm -hmm. Like Britannia, you know, especially the first mini was a really fun read, you know? But even bef- like before the end of the first miniseries, the discussion often tend to veer towards, but how does it connect? Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't know really that I expect that it ever will, although it easily could have. Um, and, you know, like I, that, the longer you do that, the more you work against people being like, okay, but pay off something, please, for us people who are buying it because we're homers and we want to know the whole story, you know? Right. So so that goes to my point, right? If this was not a shared universe, would that be a comment made about Britannia? Because I really enjoyed both series. I think most folks that I've talked to, Valiant fans, really enjoyed Britannia. Uh, but there was always that, like, okay, but how does it connect? I remember listening to VCR, and maybe it was Chris or somebody, um, talking about some, like, Shadow Man connection. Uh, or maybe it was you, Travis. I don't remember. 
And I was like, that'd be kind of cool. But like, you know, that never comes around. Right. And now we haven't had a Britannia book. And, you know, you can, you can easily make those connections. Right. The, the question becomes, how much do you want to connect? Right. Cause you need to expand your properties and try new things, see what hits and what doesn't hit. Uh, and, in you know, to Robert's point, for example, uh, you, you want to give some characters a little bit of a rest to get people excited for him again. Right. Dinesh talked about this too when he was around. You know, when people are like, we're Shadow Man, we're Shadow Man, we're Shadow Man, we're Shadow Man, we're Shadow Man. And then you get Shadow Man. Right. You, you make people wait. So you generate excitement for the return of this book. Um, but in terms of, of connecting it to a shared universe, I mean, a story like Britannia would have been really easy, right? Uh, you know, now we have Doctor Tomorrow with the alternate universe thing. Uh, so that could be a, a tie into that. Uh, we've always had Ivar, right? Or Neela, for example. You sure. can just throw them in there, right? They show up for a, whatever, a couple panels to help them detect something. Right. And that's it. Now you have some kind of connection. You're like, oh, okay, like this is in the universe. Well, dude, I wanted to uh, have a time walker show up and then bring Axia into modern day. Mm. And and then Britannia going forward is his story in modern day value universe. All right. So I'm going to cut that out of the podcast because I have an awesome idea for that exact thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I have a theory actually. Uh, not not a theory, but uh, I had an idea rather that was the codex that a- Axia reads and and it makes him immune to magic mm-hmm. essentially, right? Like that that uh like in the modern day since it's Britannia, somehow Ninjak gets it and reads it, and that's why he like doesn't buy into magic, you know? Mm, I like it. Yeah. See, like it's you can make those connections something. really easy. It's, yeah, it's something. Yeah. And and I think ultimately that's all you really need, right? You don't need like Exo to show up in every book or whatever to be like, okay, yeah, this is all the same universe. Or like Capshaw, right? Like you can easily put Capshaw in anything. Um but you can have something small like that. And then Valiant fans would be like, okay, like that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't need Master to go in depth. What if Master Dark read the codex and all that? God damn you guys! I gotta cut that out too. Oh, did I mess up something? No, no, it's fine. Is that part of your, is that part of your thing? Your, so, your story? Yes, because so you bring Axia into the present, and then Axia is kind of like the uh, what's his name, Hellblazer in DC. Uh, so you get like a, a Unity Dark with uh, Punk Mambo and Shadow Man. Mm. Um, Axia, yeah. Sorry. But you gotta have, uh, you know, you know, Doctor Mirage or Shadow Man, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, Doctor Mirage, Shadow Man. Uh, I think I had Roku in there too. Well, think about this. So, like, look at the the new visitor and the old visitor. Like, they both are mysterious, right? They come, they just pop up. They have this mask on. You don't know who the hell they are, and they just kind of like the whole world is just going to shit. Or wherever they land is going to shit. And I thought that was a cool tie-in, you know, and that's kind of what Valiant does when they bring back these old characters. You know, they kind of give you a little bit of the old run, but they totally take it in a different area. So I, I thought that was cool. Like we didn't, we don't know who the hell this person is. And, and from what I remember from the old visitor, you didn't know who the visitor was at first for, for a couple issues, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't like, 
in a sense, I didn't like the first issue because it's, it felt like a total setup issue. But then it's just like I'm, I kind of know where it's going from here. Well, and I mean, off the old run. The the thing that we as Valiant fans always say is, you know, when when Valiant veers away from the world outside of your window, like that we get into some kind of issue, right? Because Valiant has always been the world outside your window. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how you feel about the first issue of The Visitor, like that's literally what it is, right? Like Paul and NJ Kim are basically walking around New York City and like doing accurate portrayals of like particular parts of the, of the city, mm-hmm. right? Like if you don't live in New York City, you might not know that. Or if you didn't listen to our chat with Robert, for example, you might not know that. Um, but that's what they're doing. Like, how many, how many comic creators do you know that actually go to that extent to bring that real life aspect into the story? I get it. I'm, I'm waiting for issue two. Yeah. I'm waiting for issue two. Yeah. I like the vibe, dude. As I say, like, I, I, I thought that the writing was, you know, pretty, like, strong, you know, I thought, you know, pretty smart and, uh, you know, ooh. Just kind of like well directed. I don't know. I can't really articulate it. No, I gotcha. And and you know, Paul Levis is a very different style than a lot of the other guys that work to Valiant. Yeah, it's like economical and um, to the point. Yes, I thought it was suspenseful because it was just like action here, action here from the beginning. It was action, action, action. I didn't know where the the action was directed, but it's like okay, I found all this action here. You know, in comics, you only have so much room to do what you do, so you don't want to waste space. So I'm like, okay, why am I getting this action? Why am I getting this action? It's got to lead somewhere. So issue two and three and four have to be pretty damn good mm-hmm. because they're setting the table up for a really nice meal. You know? Yeah. If you take that, if you take that mind frame into this issue, you'll be really excited. And you know, first issues are hard, right? So how do you kick off a first issue for for a brand new character? Right. And, and a whole bunch of brand new supporting characters. Do you spend the time introducing the reader to the situation or do you just jump directly into the action? Right. And I think, I think we're going to talk about both because, you know, the visitor does the latter and I would say Dr. Tomorrow does the former because Dr. Tomorrow like basically jumps directly into the action. Mm, good point. Right. Good point. But you also don't have, I mean, there was probably at least a dozen new characters in, in the visitor. Right. Whereas in Doctor Tomorrow, you don't have as many. Doctor Tomorrow is very interesting. Yes, it is. Very interesting. All right, let, let's We're, just go there. Shall we segue? Yeah, let's just segue to there. Uh, obviously, nobody has read this book uh, except us, and I'm sure a few other people have gotten it. I have no idea. Um, and Greg's not here to uh, put the kibosh on things, uh, but uh, let's uh, let's try to be extremely spoiler free. Hey, can I uh, just say that you guys did a great job uh, on the last episode? Because I I felt that, you know, it's like obviously there were certain things I weren't sure how much would be said, but that tended to be from, you know, the writer and and from Robert. So, like, you know, it's kind of on was on their terms to say how much to say. Yeah, you know, when you have that kind of conversation, it's tough, right? Um, and I've been fortunate enough to talk to enough creators where I've, I've kind of figured out where the limit is on things, in particular for books that are not out. Um, and, and this one I think was particularly tough 
uh, for one, because I really enjoyed it and I want to talk about it. Uh, but for two, because it doesn't come out for another two months, right? So I think maybe part of that helps because by being so ambiguous, you kind of like automatically generate some excitement. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if I could really talk about the book, then I think that would generate more excitement, right? But then also we'd spoil some of the stuff that happens in the issue. Yeah, we don't want to spoil things. We don't want to spoil things. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why I asked. And I didn't have to cut anything out of that uh, chat that we had with Alejandro and Robert. So uh, that was cool. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's a ton of characters that show up in the first issue. Uh, so you immediately have a connection to the universe. But at the same time, like, none of those characters really matter, right, to the story. Uh, because the story really is about the two Barts, right, Bart Sims. Um, so With, give me some impressions. How, how'd you guys feel? Cause I, I've publicly said things, but you guys haven't had a chance. You know, my, my initial take on it was the art and not in a negative way. It, it gave me the feel of reading like really, really old school comics before my time. And I thought about Nick, you know, Nick kind of likes really old school comic art and it, you know, I wasn't around, and neither was Nick, so I'm not throwing, I'm not saying he's old, but... Um, you can say Nick's old. He's old. No. Nick's We're old. all old. <laughs> but it, it, it kind of, it makes me think, like, if I was a kid back in the 40s or 50s and picking books off the, the spinner rack, it kind of had that old Superman type of art feel that, you know, big circles, big lines. And, you know, when I first saw... The, the the promotion for Dr. Tomorrow, I'm like, I don't want to, that's not the art I like. But then when I look, read the issue, I'm like, I get the whole feel of this. Like, I get it. Like, this makes sense. And it takes you to that era. So if you can, if you can take yourself and read comics kind of in, in certain eras. Yeah. Yeah. You really, you really, the, the art really, I liked it. I really did like it. Yeah. I didn't think I would like it at first, but I did. I really liked it. I know exactly what you mean because I had a, a long phase where I was reading a ton of Golden Age uh, Batman books, mm-hmm. and like if you if you get into reading old comics, like you've got to be in that headspace. You know what I mean? You can't just be like uh, I don't know what's. Let's just make a book. Uh, whatever. Let's just do the Visitor. You just read the Visitor. Now let me go read you know Batman or Detective Comics twenty seven. Okay. Um, you you gotta put yourself in that in that mindset because the language is a little bit different, the the tropes are a little bit different, the art is obviously very different, and and this even the style of like page layouts is different, right? Comics have evolved a lot in in eighty years, um, and you have to kind of learn to appreciate those differences. So I I know exactly what you mean, and I think that's I think that's done on purpose. Right, like Robert yeah. talked about the fact that they wanted to make this kind of an homage to '90s comics, um, and the original being an homage to Golden Age comics. Right, so from what you're saying, it seems like that was accomplished. It was, yeah. But I was, I was open to it. Sure. You know, I was open. I saw it. My initial response was like, "What the hell? This is not what I'm used to." But then I looked at it, and I'm like, "This is really cool." You know, let it run with it, and. You know, as you read on, you'll you'll understand why. Can yeah. we leave it like at that? Yeah, yeah, that's that, good. That, that's that, good. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Travis? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I love the art as well. Um, I mean, I think I react to it right away. And uh, I do agree, you know, that it, it kind of looks a little bit 90s, but it's like a specific type of 90s. Like, I, yeah. I feel like, like it's got a bit of the, like, manga influence. Yes. So I kind of see, like... Joe Mad or uh, Ed McGinnis mm-hmm. in in some of it, and I really love you know like the line work. I don't know if there's a, an inker as well that, that's on it or if it's all who, who is it? It's, it's Toe, Toe right? yeah, yeah. It, like does he go back to the '90s or what? Yeah, Jim's been around for a while. Okay, yeah. Like I think it it looks great, and also like I do think that they do a good job with. Um, you know, the action stuff and conveying motion. Like, like I think it is, it's pretty kinetic. It's not stiff or anything, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I think art-wise it's great. I, I, you know, I think the writing is good too, but I don't, you know, we can get there. And we can jump in there right now. Uh, okay. Well, what I will say, I guess, first is that, again, I... On the dynamic of, but does this tie into the universe? Yes. Big time. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. So I don't think that's a spoiler to say. So, you know, the, like that much at least is addressed. That's not my number one concern in a story, but, you know, like that helps with buy-in. Um, I think that, you know, the story has heart and I do agree with, what you guys were discussing that it kind of works for all ages, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel young. Yes. You know, it doesn't feel like CW, wh- whatever that you just like dismiss it. And you're like, that's not for me, you know? Right. right. Well, it's like a show like, um, I, I don't know. Uh, have you guys ever watched a uh, like regular show? Yes. Okay. Duan, have you ever seen that? I do not believe so. Okay. So fantastic. I I know you're an old man. It's also a comic. It's also a comic. Uh that's that's actually pretty good. Um not as good as the show. The show is fantastic. It's a cartoon, it's all animals and like weird things, like a gumball machine. Um but it's hilarious and I love watching it with my kids because like it's made for kids, but it's made by a guy who understands that maybe parents are going to be watching with their kids. And so he brings in jokes and, and references to like eighties culture, for example, uh, that an adult watching with their kids would be like, that's hilarious on a different level, right? Cause the jokes work both ways. Um, and, and it works really well. And I think this book does kind of the same thing, right? Um, it is, it's not billed as like a, all ages book, for example, or a YA book. Uh, but I think it's definitely something that has an appeal to a young demographic and an old demographic. And I think that's really important for a company like Valiant to do that kind of thing, right? Because, I mean, every book that we have is always like kind of a similar theme, right? Like think about all the, the characters in the Valiant universe, right? Like everyone's super powerful, like tough as nails, like great fighters. And like now we have this kid. It's kind of like Shazammy. 
Yes. And that's why I compared it to Prime, for example, because I love Prime, and that's part of the reason I love Prime. And I still love that book. I recently reread the entire series. But, the, you know, what's masterful, from to, to your guys' point, is, you know, Valiant has had this storyline going with all the characters in their universe, and they're introducing this new slash old character. And to Travis's point, it, it's a seamless transition. You would think the interjection of a new character in a timeline that's been established since 2012, people would gripe about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. how the hell are you just going to pop in and be acceptable? But when the characters are popped in, you're like, okay, makes sense. You made it make sense. I can accept it. Tell me the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I took it. So that I thought that was masterful. So whoever came up with that, kudos to you. I agree. What I mean, that could be the influence, obviously, of it's Alejandro, right? Yes. Like, I mean, he he was an editor. You can tell uh, listening to his interview as well. Like, he is very at ease with the characters, you know. Like, so. You know, he, he can pull in what he needs to do. And yeah. like, like, it's, it's like, I don't know, you know, kind of a secret weapon. It's just like, oh, we need somebody who knows all these characters inside and out. Let's get a former editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And I, th- I think there's a, there's just like that kind of aura in general. Um, and I'm not saying this because, uh, Robert's welcome back anytime, which of course he is. But I think, I think the, what what Robert is doing to guide these books is really interesting, right? And and I think maybe part of the reason we get kind of a pause on on the the mainline books and bring in some of this other stuff is also part of like a rebuilding phase, right? We've talked about rebuilding for a while, um, but I I felt from talking to Robert the last couple of weeks uh, that it's very obvious to me that he really loves these characters and he's very meticulous about where he wants them to be, right? And and that's obviously not a knock on, on Warren, for example, because obviously Warren did a, an amazing job while he was there. Uh, but this is, you know, kind of a different company. And and I think part of the difference there is, you know, you have somebody in charge of editorial who grew up reading these books and, and definitely has an affinity for wanting to try new things. Uh, and that's exactly what we're getting. And that's the reason I brought up, by the way, I don't know if you guys listened to the interview or not, uh, the first time Robert was on, uh, why I brought up anthology books. And Travis, you and I have talked about this many a time, because uh, you're a huge heavy metal fan. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's Let's get fir- some boobs in value. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the first time I've ever had somebody working for a company actually say, like, yeah, we want to try that kind of thing, right? It's something that we're planning on and we're working on. We're going to kickstart it, dude. Dude, Set I'm telling up. you. Set it up tonight. We're doing it. Did we talk about that offline? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, we talked about it after uh, Aftershock. We're right? going to raise so much money that they can't say <laughs> no. So, Duan, Travis has yes. this idea. Cause, uh, you know, uh, nobody wants to do anthology books because they don't sell, right? right? But the thing that Travis and I always talk about is, well, I mean, they might not sell like, you know, 20,000 copies, 30,000 copies, uh, but they do sell. Like, if you go on Kickstarter, I would say, I mean, what, like 70% of comics on Kickstarter are anthologies. Right. So, obviously, there's a market for that kind of thing, right? It might not make your company rich, 
But like, you're gonna attract a new audience, number one. Because the audience that reads anthologies is like a hardcore comic audience. Just stop. You, we make it happen. You will get the sponsorship. So Travis, Travis, Travis said, kickstart it and we all pitch it. Yo, I'll get, uh, you know, figure out a way to, to get Ryan Wynn to do some like, you know, uh, stretch, uh, extras and stuff. Hell yeah. A poster. Dude, I love Ryan. I was talking to Ryan the other day. He's freaking hilarious. Hell yeah, dude. He is awesome. You can make it happen, man. We've done we're it doing before. It. We're doing it. Database. All right, right. We're, we're going to launch a Kickstarter right now and not tell anyone about it. There you go. <laughs> we're going to launch it. And so they listen to the episode. So we got a week. <laughs> and Ronnie will have the unsavory, dark side, underbelly, stretch goal. <laughs> items that are yet to be determined <laughs> for sure for sure uh so i i think that means that we'll give dr tamora a thumbs up yes yeah very good uh and it was i, I definitely don't want to talk about it but uh after talking to alejandro it was cool reading issue two um to uh to actually see the baseball scene he was talking about yeah I was kind of hitting towards that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we, obviously we can't talk about it. Right. Um, but it was cool, right? Like, I'm not even a big baseball fan, but I, I really enjoy that sequence. It fits, it totally fit into what they're trying to do. For sure. It, it did. It did. And we, we need to talk about that later. <laughs> you know, I'm a baseball guy. I can talk days and days and days on that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, very good, very good. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about a book that we have never talked about, and I'm ashamed. Uh, and that's Killers. What? Killing people? What? Yes, they kill people. They're killers. That's not nice. <laughs> uh, obviously, this book uh, is, is over. It's been over for a little while. Um, but because we don't review books on the show, it just kind of never came up. Um, but I, I've wanted to talk about it because I think this conversation of, of bringing in new properties have come in uh, into the podcast very often over the last few months. Uh, and maybe even since episode one, to be honest. But uh, I think Killers is one of those books that like fits that perfectly, right? Um, I don't know how well it's sold because I don't look at sales. Um, and I, I, I do love B. Claymore. Uh, I know – Friend of the show, Ronnie is a fan. I think they're they friends. They know each other because uh, he lives in Missouri uh, or in the area near Missouri. Um, and so I I enjoyed having B Clay there. Right, he, obviously he worked there before. He's done uh, Savage, which mm. is coming back next year as well. That's exciting. Great run, great run on, on Savage. Um, I'm curious how you guys felt about Killers uh, in terms of kind of the conversation we're talking about. Well, I. I don't really feel like they're new characters. My argument on VCR was that it was kind of the natural outgrowth of Ninja K, but mm-hmm. minus Ninjak. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that we felt that that run ended a little bit prematurely. You know, they only got halfway through that section of the alphabet. Uh, <laughs> so... This is kind of just a continuation of that year, building those characters that we've largely already seen 
a glimpse of, you know, um, and I, you know, I think that they did a great job and they set up a whole new status quo for them that is very exciting if they're going to do something with it. You just wanted to see a ninjas. Ninjas? Ninjas. Yeah, with a Z. (laughs) I, I would rather see uh, Ninjak, the French. <laughs> Ninjam, the Ninjam. Ninjam's a good one. I like that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I um, I actually had not finished reading that book, uh, so I ended up catching up. And uh, after I, I think, what was it? I did the first three issues when they were like as they were coming out, um, but I hadn't read four and five. Uh, so I went ahead and read four and five and I was like, I'm just going to reread this from the beginning. Uh, not because I felt like I, stuff wasn't making sense. Uh, I was just like really engrossed by what was happening. And, uh, and I think that's a perfect example of this whole thing, right? Uh, for one, it was awesome seeing a team book kind of develop from scratch, right? Cause we've had team books before, but they weren't necessarily from scratch, right? Like even Harbinger, I don't know, maybe, maybe Harbin just had such a long story at Valiant that it doesn't feel that way. Um, but even like from the beginning of Harbinger, I felt like that was kind of a team that was together, right? Even through their personal issues. Um, and then the other team that we've had was Unity and those were very well established characters. So that was not really a concern either. Um, and I, I see your point that there weren't new characters because they introduced in, in Ninja K. Um, but the story felt different than Ninja K. And, and while I think Ninja K was a great book, uh, with fantastic art, um, I, I really dug the tone of this much more than Ninja K. Probably like James Bond and, and they were introducing all the other agents. Yes. Think, and their abilities and their specialty. So you can't go, in my world, you can't go wrong with Star Wars or James Bond. Star so, Wars? What's that? What's that? Wrong, wrong podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Never heard of it. We'll talk about James Bond. So yeah, 007. So yeah, I, I just took it as a bunch of 007s and it was, it was really good. I, I'll, I'll read that stuff all day long. Yeah. So yeah. when you bring in dragons. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the dragon lady's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love the burning monk. He looks yeah, awesome, what was, right? What right. That? Yeah. That's freaking sweet, dude. Now they need to do a burning monk, bleeding monk team up book. Does he have like an STD? Like, that, that was my like, what's the burning monk? Like, that's not cool. Like, we had the bleeding monk, you know, we got all these monks and then we got a burning monk. Like, oh, that's not good. You might need a pill for that. <laughs> a shot, you know, <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the monkdom. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just he just found that knowledge, like the like the dangerous knowledge that sets you aflame forever. Yeah, all them shrooms. Right. So, would you think like at some point all these monks are gonna either join up or fight each other, and it's gonna be this big crossover summer series? You know, because they're, they're we got all these monks now. You know, I don't know, man. That'd be kind of dope, actually. Yeah, like the year of the monk. <laughs> the year of the serious? monk 2021 the year of the monk yeah the year of the monk sure why not 
Uh, you should write it, Martin. Write no, it. no, no. No, no, no. But that Unity Dark, though, I'm all over that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. And, and, you know, talking about setting up this whole thing, like, even having known these characters, there was a lot of setup that needed to be done, right, to bring these characters together. Yeah, and they did. Yes. I mean, especially the first couple of issues were, like, really dramatic from what I remember of the read, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people losing their spouses and, or significant others. That, that, that was pretty serious. It, it, that drew me in. I didn't mean to interrupt Travis, but that kind of, like, drew me in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember if they established who was doing that stuff. Was that part of, uh, you know, the Jonin and Shuriken? Yes. They were, they were like severing their ties so that they could be free agents to do this thing. Is yep. that, yeah. So yeah, like that's, uh, that's a bull gambit. Um, yeah. I, uh, what, what was the question? Okay. <laughs> uh, Travis, there's no questions, only answers. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, mm, let's see, uh, yeah, uh, I, I thought it worked to, to bring all of these characters together, you know? Yeah. Uh, and obviously they've, they've got the shared history and you're talking, you know, I think that they did a very good job actually with kind of the scripting of, you know, from issue to issue, um, you know, it, it, it actually did make sense how, these pieces kind of found each other and made their way towards, a, you know, a destination that was on the other side of the world, you know, mm-hmm. like I, that's not necessarily easy to do to kind of, to get the, the rationale behind, Oh yeah, here's the mission. You go, you're looking for this thing and you found this lead that led here. You know, I'm a big law and order fan, you know, like that's, kind of like what this is you know is you know they're investigating things and it's leading them towards a thing and you know in this case maybe there's a few different teams and they kind of meet up as they get closer to the destination Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i thought it was pretty effectively plotted and scripted so that yeah like you balance the exposition and character building and plot stuff. It was, it was well done. Agreed. I agree. Um, I have a question to wrap up the show. I think this, uh, this kind of stems from the discussion that I had with Robert. What, what would you guys say is like a genre that you don't feel Valiant is doing enough of or at all? Zoomscope. <laughs> you just want ladies in bikinis. No, I do not. Um, that's no. what I heard. That's I just said Zenoscope. That's all I said. That's that's no. just what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what I heard is uh that in our anthology there will be boobs. I think that that's I didn't I didn't hear a no on that. Maybe that's a stretch goal. Dude, yes. that's the title of the anthology. There will be boobs. There will be boobs. <laughs> oh my god! We're See, I started you guys on the path, and you just took it over. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. I copied. Um, okay. Uh, genres. I would say maybe horror. You know, like sometimes they have horror, but I, I don't know if they've per se got one right now. Yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, I would obviously say horror as well. Um, I don't think we've ever like really had a horror book, right? Um, I think the, the closest we've had to a horror book to me is, uh, like the, the, the original Dr. Mirage series, the Gen Van Meter series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that definitely had to do with the art. Um, because that's kind of the art style that I like in horror books. Um, but that, that felt the most horror to me. You know, like even, even Punk Mambo or the, well, I mean, the Shadowman stuff that we got was definitely not horror, right? Um, the, uh, Justin Jordan series had a lot of horror elements. Um, but it was a little more fantasy, I would say, than horror. Uh, I, I just want like some crazy, like, dark twisted horror book man uh and you know shadow man's coming so we'll see how that goes hmm who's writing that uh is that an i hope it's somebody who can write a horror book who's an amazing horror writer you're correct that's who that's who they yeah amazing horror writer they should go with that um yes and obviously i love his books he who shall not be named Yikes. But Nick won't read it. Well, that's because Nick is scared of the dark. He needs a nightlight. Christmas <laughs> gift, Nick. Did you open your present right now? There has to be a nightlight in those packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so horror for sure. Let me tell you, if if there was a publisher that's like, we're just going to do horror books, like I would buy him Silent Scene. Actually, you know what? DC's doing that now. They have the uh, the Joe Hill imprint. There you go. Uh, and I'm, I'm buying all of those. I haven't read a single one yet. Uh, but I am getting all of them. Uh, so horror is one. And, uh, the second one for me is, is a fantasy book. And I think where that would fit in best is obviously with Gilad. Um, I think, I think Gilad is extremely underutilized. Uh, I don't know how much you guys remember of like the original Eternal Warrior series. I'm talking about VH1. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there were some amazing concepts in that series right. that have not been touched, mm-hmm. right? And I don't expect like a redo of anything, right? Uh, but like, for example, the stuff with his kids, freaking awesome, right? And that's and never that, been done. And and on that point, I was thinking like, has Valiant ever really did like an extensive love story? Doctor you know? Mirage. Yeah, I mean, Doctor yeah. Mirage is kind of a, a romance, and actually, uh, Doctor Mirage is probably. The closest to like classic romance. Yeah, good, good call, Travis. Good call. I, good call. I've been suggesting a Faith Archer book for a minute. So if you want it's romance, like, <laughs> like teenage love though, right? They're 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 in their twenties, but uh, the first date issue is pretty damn good, mm-hmm. right? I agree. Yeah. yeah. And you guys know I'm not a big va- a big Faith fan, but so I, I do like that one. I was thinking more to to your point on the um, Galad point, you know, because you always see his family when he goes to the dead side and his kids, and then he's got multiple love interests. Like, who is his true love? His wife. Mm -hmm. And his dead side thing. Yep. But he leaves her. He does. Always leaves her. He's married to the earth. He's like a Rolling Stone. (laughs) Papa was a Rolling Stone. Wherever he lays his hat is his home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, those are, those are the genres that I would like to see: horror and fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. We've, we've yeah. Had our sci-fi is play. covered. They're good on sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi is definitely covered. And superhero. 
Yeah, and superheroes covered. And humor. Yes. We have Quantum of Woody. Which we will have the writer for Quantum of Woody on the show in the near future. Dude, maybe we should get Ryan Brown on, too. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. You know what we should do? That book comes out in, what, April, right? Let me look this up real quick. No, 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 no. Quantum Woody's first, isn't it? Let's see. I think it's sooner. We got previews already in the last... uh, yeah, they've been putting samples in the last out. batch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was going to say, Ryan Brown is a Chicago native, so we could do that whole thing at C2E2. We'll stay at his house. <laughs> I talked to Ryan Brown for like an hour at C2E2 Did last you? year. Yeah. Yeah, he's great, man. Dude. He does not remember, most likely. <laughs> and that's Have right. done, has Valiant done like a true character study? Like an in-depth, introspective view on a certain character. I mean, you can kind of consider uh, Venditti's uh, Eternal Warrior kind of that, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I was thinking like the Joker. Mm. You know, you do like a really in-depth, just standalone, non-tie-in book character study. Would you consider oh. the latest Doctor Mirage kind of that? Maybe because. Uh, all her books are like that. Yeah, you that's know. true. You know, they're always digging into her and Shan's life, and yeah, yeah, good point, good point, good point. Yeah, I think you get that one. Mm-hmm. Good call. Yeah, January twenty ninth is Quantum and Woody. So I guess C two. Well, C two E two is like super early this year. Marchy. It's a. It's at the end of February. Yeah, end of February. Yeah, February, mm-hmm. including Leap Day. We're gonna Leap Day. Oh, so we get an extra C2E2. day at C two E two. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. You know, the week before is uh, my anniversary, so uh, that was perfect. Who cares? <laughs> so we get a leap day. We get extra catfish. Another day of catfish. And that is also the weekend that the Bloodshot movie comes out. Oh. Really? We need mm-hmm. tickets. Holy so, hell, dude. Yeah. We call, call Dinesh and see if we can get tickets. I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, oh, wait. Maybe it's the week before. Maybe it's my anniversary week. Let me look this up right now. When is my anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, no, that, that's easy, man. 222. <laughs> we picked that day on purpose and it's easy to remember. Hey, that's the day. Yeah, that's my fraternity day, too. Is it? Yeah. All right, so yeah. Exa- our bloodshot comes out February 21st, the day before my anniversary. So whatever, bro. Uh, we can all can we all wait a week? Whatever, we can go see it a second no. time. Yeah, we, we, should, can, we, we have to. Dude. Yeah, we gotta go see Bloodshot together in Chicago. Oh, nice! It's gonna be we're gonna tear up that theater, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring Greg along because Greg will be there. Would you say? Got cosplay, dude. Cosplay I'm is Bloodshot. Wa- I'm gonna walk there. Bloodshot. Uh, I'm down for shaving my head. Not me, because my hair would not grow back. <laughs> so I haven't told anyone, but I've been growing my beard out. Again? Yeah, but for real this time. Like, it's not even itching anymore. So uh-huh. I've been growing it out for uh, four weeks right now. So by C2E2, it'll be like a four-month beard. Like Rick Ross. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're going to see two. We're going to go see the movie. And we're going to get kicked out the theater. <laughs> Travis is going to have the the GoPro so we can bootleg it. 
<laughs> and I'm gonna walk there, so I'll show up late. <laughs> yes, and then we have to pick you up in a random part of Chicago. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my sightseeing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this episode up, gentlemen. You have been listening to the Valiant Central Podcast with the whole crew. Full Voltron. Full Voltron. Can we do that here? I think that's TM Aftershock Central. Uh, we stole it from uh, OTV, I believe. Oh, so. that's right. We did. <laughs> uh, good thing they don't need a... Uh, 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 what's it called when you have to give a royalty? People, yeah, royalty check. <laughs> yeah, thirty six cents. Let's do it. Thirty six cents. Dewan's already driving me broke with his twenty three cents. Inflation. I, I, mean, I got to give you a raise, Dewan. You you've been getting paid twenty three cents for years. We need to raise this minimum wage, man. <laughs> I can't live off of this. Uh, you can, of course, find us on Twitter, uh, at ClickValiant, at the Great Magnet, at GeekVine, at Valiant underscore Central. Have a very Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you next year. Bye.